This podcast is brought to you by Brilliant, a marketing and design studio based in Washington, D.C. Their team of designers, strategists, and engagement experts can help you build brilliant brands, campaigns, and revenue strategies. Reach them at Brilliant.co. That's B-R-L-L-N-T dot C-O. Work, wealth, wisdom. This is DC Entrepreneur. We're sharing stories, ideas, and lessons from startups and businesses in the pursuit of innovation. And we're helping build a community of problem solvers and thought leaders in the Washington area. Now, here's your host, George Mocharco. This is George Mocharco, host of DC Entrepreneur, here on WERA 96.7 FM. I'm in the studio today with Gareth Lewis. Gareth is the founder and CEO of Sequoia, which is a sustainable goods subscription box. Thanks for dropping by the studio today. Thanks, George. Thanks for having me. So tell our listeners what Sequoia is and how it works. Yeah. So Sequoia is a eco-impact subscription box company. And so our whole mission is to enable individuals to start living more sustainably. Uh, we're trying to make sustainability as accessible as possible. And each month we try to transition a different aspect of your lifestyle from energy, food, waste, water, um, and more. And we we do is we combine education uh, as well as products and services to help you make immediate changes in your lifestyle um, and so that you can start making a positive impact. Uh, talk to me about what the box has. What kind of vendors are you working with and what types of products are in the boxes that you send out? Right. So so with each month, right, we had, try to tackle a different aspect of your lifestyle um, and provide not just the information but the products and the services to help you make the immediate changes. And so uh, an example box we, we shipped a couple months ago was food-related. So we talked about, as far as the education goes, like where our food comes from, um, how we're eating it, uh, and then like where this waste is. Food waste is such a huge issue. And then within the box itself, you know, we had products that helped you store food, reusable Ziploc bags and snack bags to eliminate your single-use plastic uh, Ziplocs. Wait, a reusable snack bag? Yeah, reusable. So there's zipper sealed and... Uh-huh. Um, and some of them are just like thicker plastic that you okay. can throw in the dishwasher. Um, huh. And those are, you know, clear. And and, um, and then we have some other things that help uh, eliminate your use of either aluminum foil or saran wrap, so a reusable sandwich wrap. So that's just um, a nice thing. You, again, you can throw it in the dishwasher, um, but just wrap up and then Velcro it shut. And then some, the way, kind of the way we are eating, we tackled that with, so here's some bamboo utensils. So instead of using these plastic utensils that you single use them and you throw them out wherever you're out and eat. Here's a little nice little case. So you keep it with you in your bag. Um, and that helps you eliminate that waste. Uh, another item we had was, was these, these great, uh, organic cotton napkins. So paper waste is such a huge thing and right. We're cutting down trees so that we can wipe our hands or clean up the surfaces in our kitchen. Um, and so these had a set of, um, organically grown cotton, um, from a lady down in uh, West Virginia, and and so that's helping you bring a couple around of those or leave them at your home. And so you're not using paper. You're just using those and then throw them in the dish, uh, the wash machine uh, when you're done with that. And then from an information perspective, right, each person, wherever they were, they got um, an individualized um, produce calendar. So these are the produce that are in season in your area. Oh, nice. Um, and okay. then on, on top of that is here's some alternatives to some of these um meat-based proteins to more of a plant-based proteins um, to kind of bring more awareness that you can get your protein sources from uh, different um, avenues. What's interesting about that is that the box is set up 
where you've got kind of like an all-in-one kit for people right. to really, you know, think about these things whenever they go out to eat. Right. Right. So um, it's something that I haven't really thought about because like most times when you go to a restaurant, typically what you get is you'll get like plasticware and the napkins given to you if you do takeout or even if you eat there. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of that stuff just ends up in the trash. Yeah. A lot of it isn't composted. I know some places compost, but some don't. And so what they're doing is they're just creating a, a lot of waste. This whole waste stream. I mean, think about all that's necessary to get that plastic utensil into that store is if you've ever watched um, uh, the story of stuff, I mean, that has, uh-huh. it goes through, it's just an insane steps required to get a single piece of utensils in a store. Yeah. And then what happens after that is, right, it just gets thrown away and it goes in a landfill and it sits there. Yeah. Because, I mean, you got the transportation part of it, the manufacturing yeah. process. Well, it's petroleum-based, too. Yeah. Plastics are petroleum-based, so it's the, the drilling for that. Yeah. Why haven't you seen more businesses think about sustainability and, and think about the environment? Because obviously it's good for them, you know, because mm-hmm. it's kind of like a profit center if they can save on having people – you know, bring in reusable gear, right? Because if they if they're if they're spending money on stuff that they have to just just dispose Throw of, up, then right, yeah. like it's just throwing money away, right? Yeah, I think that's it's gonna begin to shift. I know there's a couple businesses. Uh, the the straw, the plastic straw wave has come through, and that's um, that's brought out a lot of awareness for single use items that um, that there's a lot of better alternatives out there, and so now restaurants are, are starting to stop or you have to ask for a straw. Um, I think it's just customer education yeah. um, and awareness, but also, right, it's it's a convenience factor. And so that's kind of one of the bigger things that we try to help with is, is providing these better alternatives, equal or better alternatives, um, like these bamboo utensils, right, that they are sustainably manufactured, and then they, are, they come in a nice little convenient carrying case that you can just slip in your bag with you and you always have with you. It's interesting, like you just mentioned the the plastic straw kind of issue. I mean, it seems like things come up in waves. Like, right. you know, some years ago it was the plastic bag issue. They were taxing mm-hmm. it, I think, in a couple of cities. And then all of a sudden you saw the disappearance of plastic bags used at grocery stores. And then people were moving towards um, like a tote bag or something that's right. reusable. Reusable tote bags, yeah. Where do these ideas come from and, and, and like why do they become trendy and then – all of a sudden, it'll be like the next thing. Like, what what do you, what do you, what do you anticipate is like going to be the next thing that people start giving up? That's a great question. I mean, I think right, they're all usually connected to some uh, negative environmental impact, right? I think the straw one really started with some videos of people pulling a straw out of a turtle's nose. Uh-huh. Uh, it's tough to watch if you get a chance to see it. So it starts with activism, activism. is what it yeah. sounds like, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, because right. I mean, like, why is it the straw, but why isn't it like the the coffee cup that you get at Starbucks, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Starbucks has probably put a lot of money into trying to do that because yeah. that that would save them a lot, um, and they haven't been able to figure that out. It is. It it really starts uh, on the edge, right on um, on the the people really on the the fringes, um, and what what really we're trying to do is, I mean, no one is going to go to the point. Not everybody's going to go shift to the, this zero-waste lifestyle. I think that's asking a lot, and I think it's very intimidating to a lot of people. Um, but, you know, we all need to start shifting our lifestyles a little bit more into the environmentally friendly. And so, you know, we're trying to make that as easy as possible to do. Um, and, and coming with that is awareness, and um, and it's highlighting all these good things that are happening out there, right? I mean, there's there's a lot of organizations that are now – helping with all of these 
um, these environmental issues in small ways, but they do all add up. And I think this is one of the ways that the West can really lead, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you if you go uh, to some other like developing countries or even even some you know developed economies, they don't necessarily have the same values around the environment just yet. Mm-hmm. So uh, this this seems like this is an opportunity for the U.S. to lead, right? Yeah, I think I think I don't know if it's it's uh, in black and white as much as that is. I mean, I think you see it if you go to other places. There are certain cultures that really truly do value the earth and and our resources. Um, and then I think part of the Western culture has infiltrated in some of these other areas and in, in the single-use plastics and the single-use test uh, sample packets and things like that have kind of gone overboard. Um, but, yeah, as far as uh, nations, I mean, the U.S. citizens on average have the highest footprint. And so that really is a great opportunity for us to start leading with that and making you know, positive changes in that in our, in our own lifestyle. Because it is the typically the the more wealthy you are, the bigger the impact you have and the bigger footprint. Yeah, it, it's always interesting to me to see you know where the conversation leads because it it seems like a lot of the the Western states really can take the lead on this, but it's I mean the U.S. as of recent years has kind of pulled back on that. Uh, do you do you foresee like a trend where we'll start kind of going back towards um, thinking about like what kind of environmental agreements we can be part of? Yeah, I, I really hope so. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, right, I, I think there's a lot going on from the state level. Um, and there was, a, you know, the big announcement by Governor Brown uh, with solar in California. Um, and I think there's governors in the cities and the D.C. mayor, she's doing a great job. Um, but I think it'll it'll become bigger and bigger and more and more of an issue. And I think that's a really, I hope we all wake up before it's a little too late. But I think, yeah, it, it's going to require a massive shift. Uh, like that that report that came out by the UN, the IPCC, um, you know, it's going to need some big shift and, and we got we have to start somewhere, right? Yeah. And it's it's starting with your own lifestyle. Yeah. And I think also just being able to think that we can, we can actually change things, right. you know, uh, being optimistic about it. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, there's no step that's too small and every step adds on the next one. Um, and pretty soon, right, you, you've made a really big impact. And if you look back. Gareth, uh, so you've got a background working as an engineer. Talk to me about how you changed your career to becoming an entrepreneur. So I graduated uh, with an engineering background, partially because of my dad and, and also because I like taking things apart and, uh, and putting them together. Um, so I graduated, got into a GE Power and Engineering Leadership Program and and got a couple different tastes of some of the organizations and then found this one that was essentially uh, a mini incubator within the the larger GE, and that really set the groundwork for for where I am now. And it's going out there, identifying problems, and and developing technology solutions to solve those problems, and then launching those technologies around the world for GE. And so that that really helped me develop the skill set for looking, hey, looking at this problem, getting into that um, empathetic design. And then coming up with solutions. And then the best part was launching those in, and putting those solutions in front of people and testing them. And that's where you, you learn the most and where mm-hmm. you th- your things usually fall apart. So it sounds like there's a fair amount of entrepreneurship in there, yeah. right? Yeah, specifically that team. I think that, yeah. that was, a, was a really lucky for me to find that team. And that's, it's really helped me throughout my career moving forward. How did you choose to focus on doing a subscription box? Like, what, Where did the idea come from for that? 
I went through a couple different iterations uh, behind what Sequoia would become okay. and uh, started off with a, with an app to try to gamify sustainability. Um, and I developed a, a prototype for that, but as a, as a non-developer, I could only take it so far and um, I didn't get the feedback that I was hoping for. And so um, from there, really what I learned and, and being a mechanical engineer, I like things in my hand and um, getting products in front of people in their hands, that's kind of where the aha moment happens. And so um, we, I've tried to pilot and prototype, and then since they um, chose to go with a subscription box, because you are able to get these products in people's hands, and so they're able to make immediate changes right there. So there's something about having the product in front of them, you think, that, that that's where the kind of bond is created between you know the, the consumer and the company. Right. Talk to me about why you chose to focus on sustainability in the environment. So where, did you have like interest in that or was there a background that you had in, in that area? Yeah, so I've always been kind of passionate about um, our environment, uh, growing up overseas in, in Namibia and Malawi, and then um, having the opportunity to travel around the world and experiencing our kind of amazing world that we live in. I've had a growing concern for what's going on, um, and I think you know it's becoming highlighted more and more recently, but... Um, I was always concerned for cli- about climate change and figuring out ways to help protect our world. I think it is such a complex, complex issue, um, and you're going to require so many different combinations of industry, finance, education, policy. But I really think you know people are we are responsible for this, and I think we are also the the solution. Mm-hmm. And I think there's there's all these really great things going on, um, but. I think the people, our individual lifestyles are, are kind of left on the, the wayside. And I think that's really where Sequoia um, is trying to ans- provide a solution to is, is enabling individuals to start living more sustainably and tackling climate change from an individual's perspective. So you mentioned that you lived overseas. Um, talk to me about that. I mean, because I understand like a lot of people that grew up kind of as a third culture kid have a very yeah. different perspective on the world, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember coming, uh, moving to the States and and uh, the teacher told the students, hey, you know, we're having a child coming in from Africa. And they, I got there and they're like, why aren't you wearing a leaf as clothing? But, um, but yeah, so we lived in uh, Namibia and Malawi. Uh, my mom is has her expertise is education development specifically in Africa and, and women's education development. So um, we've moved around several different places uh, for my mom's career, and that uh, has really allowed me to and my family to see some of these amazing places. Do you feel like they help give you a global perspective and understand kind of the world's issues based on living overseas? Absolutely, yeah. It's interesting to me, the people that have international experience, because I, I feel like when you were talking about user-centered design, there's a lot more empathy for people from different cultures and understanding you know, who actually is going to consume a product. Right. Do you take that into account whenever you're developing your ideas? Yeah, I try to put myself in, in, their, in their shoes. Um, and figuring out like, what is their pain point? Like why, how do we best provide for them? And I think that really, that's how great, uh, products and, and companies, you know, deliver the right solutions to people. And then your company is based out of a co-working space in DC called EcoFi. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about your experience in the EcoFi co-working ecosystem. Yeah. So I was excited. They reached out to me to see, um, if I wanted to start working in, in EcoFi and, um, they're, they're building a ecosystem with companies and organizations that are, are really trying to use business for good. Um, for example, they have a 
you know, a couple different organizations in, in EcoFi right now that are tackling the different aspects of homelessness. So from stopping people from going into homelessness, helping the people while they're in homelessness, and then helping them get out of homelessness. And so they're bringing all these companies under one roof so that they're, you know, communicating and collaborating together. Uh, and so each of them are more successful because that they are working together with each other. Whereas in a lot of other workspaces, right, that you don't get that collaboration or that that business for good kind of uh, ecosystem. And so that's I'm excited to be part of that. Talk to me about why you, you see uh, such a, a focus right now on green jobs and, and green tech specifically. Why has there been kind of like this disruption in the, in the workforce right now where people are realizing that we need to create kind of green collar jobs? Yeah, so I think. It's it stemmed from a couple different reasons. One, I think there's a growing concern for what's happening. Um, two, I think, I mean, it's obviously they, they are the gro- fastest growing. Solar is the fastest growing industry out there. Um, and so, you know, when you go into kind of this transition to a more green economy, right, there, we're going to need a lot more um, help in those industries. And, and so there's, you know, there, I'm, uh, part of some organizations that are doing energy efficiency upgrades and solar up, um, installations, and, and it's all that the training because it is slightly different from from what was previously done. Um, and so this is the training and the education uh, to build up that workforce. Yeah, and I would imagine energy consumption is a major concern for not just startups but large enterprise type businesses because they have a larger footprint. So let's talk about shipping because I, I think shipping is probably one of the major things that you have to focus on doing a subscription box business. How do you go about shipping? How have you found that the issues of sustainability have come into play whenever it comes to finding a sustainable shipping option? Yeah, yeah I think uh, more and more people are becoming aware of all the Amazon boxes that are piling up. And you try to recycling, but you know recycling is only so good. Really, the uh, ideal is not to have those boxes at all because you know recycling requires energy. So what we're going to be doing is we're partnering, and I've looked into this uh, a lot because it is such an issue. Packaging is such a problem, um, not just plastic, but cardboard too is, is an issue. And um, so we're partnering with uh, Returnity. And so they're a, a company based in California that are using packaging uh, reversible. So you get this package and you can either, uh, there's two options that we're going uh, to to look into, but um, one you can reverse and it turns into a tote bag or a bag or a backpack. Um, and the other way is you can just slap a return label on, and that whole package just becomes goes back to them, um, and we that gets back into the system. You showed me a demo of that, yeah, right. And so that's an interesting concept to actually have like a returnable right uh, feature or have something that you know somebody can use it's, it's, it has a bit. purpose, right. Um, do you think that design, uh, the design process of having a, a subscription box really makes you kind of, kind of challenges you to find out like what, what are the best ways to, to make this? Yeah. You know, the subscription box really is not sustainable in, in that sense is right. The never ending series of boxes that you get. And so what we've tried to do, starting off looking at that, um, you know, we, we created a journey. So you're, there is a start and there is an end date. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even further into that, I mean, like we were trying to provide things, you know, we source from the best brands out there that have the most recycled content in their cardboard. So you mentioned there's a start date and there's a finish date. So instead of having somebody continually get the boxes, right. this is a way f- for them to get on the path to having a more environmentally friendly 
and lessen footprint on the earth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so with each box, right, we were providing the essentials to get you going, and and each month we transition to different aspect of your lifestyle. So, from energy, food, waste, water, um, home, and personal, all right, we're providing the essentials to get you going, and then. Um, Beyond that, we go into a digital format. So we're not shipping some of these items um, that we couldn't potentially fit inside of a, a box, but uh, that you know are the next step beyond just the essentials. Talk to me about what a day looks like for you as an entrepreneur. What what does your day look like? Take me through that. What what does a day look like for you whenever you you come into work? Yeah, so I try to get up to speed on you know what's happening in the world, mm-hmm. um, and then on my way to work, and then get in. Um, a lot of that is is right now it's in preparation for our our new relaunch, um, and so that's recontacting some of these the, uh, the partnerships that we're working on um, and arranging some of these cross promotions, and then we have a, a small team of interns, and so it's it's helping manage them and and providing them you know the tools that they need to succeed and mm-hmm. um, and help and as teaching as well, and so it's it's social media and marketing is so big in this area. Uh, so that takes up a big chunk of our time. Um, and then, you know, breaking time to to look at the longer term vision and helping us set the, you know, the blocks in preparation for when we do get beyond this next step or this next month. Like, what is the next step? How do we prepare ourselves for that? Really, the the whole mission is we are an impact company. And that's and that's how I've um, come up with the idea and, and how I really want to scale it is the more the bigger Sequoia can get, the bigger the impact we can make. And so initially, right, we are just a subscription box right now. And um, we're providing the essentials. But what I really want to take this is is to going beyond just these products. So we do provide the education, the products and the services in that box each month. But um, we want to go beyond that and start connecting you to the local services in your area. And so we try to localize everything as much as possible. And, and I think that's really where we need to go long term is, is for you to be connected with what are the local um, farms or the farmers markets and the, the compost service pickups and who's the energy auditor in your area, who's the solar installer that can come evaluate your home, things like that. And just you come to Sequoia and everything gets helped and prepared right for you right there. Yeah. That is all in your area. And I would imagine a lot of what you're doing is kind of the education process, mm-hmm. too, educating people about their options. Right. How do you go about creating knowledge and awareness of you know the options that people have for becoming a lot more sustainable yeah, in their so, lifestyles? So we, we do all the research on our own. Obviously, there's um, you know we rely heavily on some of these other organizations. Um, the Project Drawdown has a lot of great information. The Northwest Earth Institute has a lot of great information that we lean on. Um, and then going from there, you know, uh, I think so much of climate change is, is difficult to figure out how it impacts you. Or, and it, it's, um, it's, it's difficult. Like, what is uh, pounds of CO2? What does that even mean? And so, or gallons of water or pounds of waste. Like, what does that mean in, in terms of myself? Um, and then, so we try to make that as fun as possible. And so, you know, in our impact reports that we have in our boxes, we're showing you know, all of this a community impact of all of us is that's this is X amount of cow farts or this is that many kiddie pools of water that we've saved, things like that to try to make it more real um, and bring environmental impact in into a more um, tangible 
Tell me who you go to whenever you have a particular thorny problem. Do you have like a team in, of people in your brain trust that you go to? Yeah. So I've picked up uh, some, you know, bunch of characters uh, throughout my career and um, and through these different kind of experiences that I've had. Uh, I have a, a really great one um, from my earlier career at GE, Jonathan, and he's uh, been really instrumental in, in non, beyond just entrepreneurship, but... Um, he's somebody I can really go to for, for kind of anything, but he also, from a business standpoint, has a very different perspective on things. And, and then I've picked up a couple different, um, advisors, uh, for the brain trust within, from the DC area and that I've picked up uh, from 1776 and, and some of the other smaller incubators that I've gone through. Talk to me about which entrepreneurs have inspired you. Cause I, I saw on your website, you had uh, the founder of Patagonia. Yeah. You a quote from him. Yeah. Jan, yeah. uh, Oh, he's he's an inspiration. Um, yeah, he's he's a prime example of of building something and then using business for good. Um, Patagonia is really at the the forefront of sustainability for uh, companies, even though it is a, a fashion company and they're building clothing. Um, they try to do so in the most sustainable way possible, and they're really pushing the boundaries for that and and doing the right research on um, all the materials and also. Uh, worn wear right so you can bring in your wear your your clothes and they'll repair it or you can trade it in um, and then they sell through repaired wear so um, Jan is a great one and and he's really been politically active more and more recently which I think is great is um, because right Patagonia is a B Corp and so they're using like the legal part of that to combat really what's happening to our environment what is your advice for entrepreneurs and future entrepreneurs out there uh, just start. I think uh, people tend to get in their head and, and get nervous um, and think that they have to have this perfect idea or this perfect product. Um, and what I've learned is is you learn so much from just putting out your initial prototype that it's invaluable. And, and don't wait to develop and develop and develop and tweak and tweak because you'll never launch if you do that. You you really need to get something out as fast as possible and as soon as possible to get feedback and to learn from what people are saying about it. Um, and then go back to the drawing board, tweak it, learn from that feedback, listen to that, um, and then tweak it and then do that again and again and again and again. What's the best way they can get in touch with you and your company? You can reach out to our website or our social media. Our website is S-E-K-O-Y-I-A, sequoia.com. Um, and then all on all the social medias at Sequoia Seed, S-E-K-O-Y-I-A-S-E-E-D, Seed. Great. Well, thanks so much for taking the time today, Gareth. Yeah, thanks, George. Thanks for having me. We'll catch you next time here on DC Entrepreneur. Subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and connect with us on our blog, dcentrepreneur.com. If you have any tips or ideas for stories, please tweet at us or message us on Facebook. Please tune in to our next episode. And thanks for listening.